Hello and welcome to Deep Tech Talk, a tech podcast from BIS Research. My name is Shaikh Nazar and today we are going to talk about automotive cyber security market. Today we have Mr. David Bazilai from Karamba Security with us. Hello David. Thank you Hello, for coming. Shaikh. Yeah, thank, thank you for coming on today's episode of Deep Tech Talks. Thank you for having me. Appreciate the invitation. So, as we all know, Karamba Security is one of the most prominent players in the automotive cyber security market. Uh, Karamba Security it focuses on securing connected devices and embedded software with full solution for product security. Uh, so Mr. Devik, uh, can you mention some key trends and technologies that are being currently used in the automotive cybersecurity market? Yes, uh, thank you again for the invitation. The um, clearly the watershed event that happened in the automotive market with regard to cybersecurity is not as you may expect some uh, attacks because attacks are happening, uh, alas, on, um, uh, on an increasing rate, uh, but, but these are not the attacks that created the, the mind shift in the industry, but rather regulation. Regulation was ratified in uh, 2020 and 2025, 21, and it has uh, started to take uh, to be in effect as of July 1st, 2022 in the EU. That regulation mandates OEMs to show as part of the homologation process that they've gone through and as well as imposed on their suppliers, going through an end-to-end product security methodologies from the design to inspecting the supplier's posture, penetration testing, embedded security, and ongoing vulnerability management after the car is already in production. Such Such regulation if OEMs do not meet that regulation, they cannot sell new vehicle types in the EU, and they, they wouldn't be able to sell any new connected car as of July 1st, 2024. As such, OEMs first and their suppliers second have been given no other choice but to go through that automotive cybersecurity processes and products in order to meet those homologation requirements. Okay, so yeah. So when we talk about the automotive cybersecurity standards, uh, we have got a UN R155, R156. And uh, in uh, European Union specifically, uh, like in the existing vehicle models, uh, you need to have these automotive cybersecurity solutions by 2024, I guess. And in all the newly sold models, you need to have these automotive cybersecurity solutions by 2022. So these are the insights that we have gathered based on our desk research. So what are your thoughts on that? Uh, how, what, the, what will be the impact of uh, this standardization on the adoption of automotive cybersecurity solutions in the coming years? We saw, we saw the difference. The difference is that <clears throat> the, the question is actually what type of OEM are you? If you are one of the biggest OEMs and, um, like, and I can mention it because it has been uh, 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 publicly uh, notified, General Motors has been working on creating its own internal product security and automotive security body. And as such, they didn't really wait for the standard. They have been implementing automotive uh, cybersecurity as part of their design and implementation phases for a few years now. But if you look at the emerging OEMs, 
such as specifically electric vehicle OEMs, but also mid-size OEMs that haven't put that investment in place. Some, some of our customers also are quite large, very large in the size of GM, but they haven't done what GM had, had done. So the idea is that you must deploy those cybersecurity fast in order not to delay your release and as such not to affect your business plan. As a sub um, uh, result or a byproduct, what happened is that there's much more demand for offerings of automotive product security companies, um, uh, the demand for their offerings versus what happened before, before the regulation kind of like uh, was ratified. And we see that impact on our business, positive impact as well as on, on our peer group members. We all seem to do good business because of that demand coming from OEMs. Yeah, so as you said, uh, these automotive cybersecurity standards do play a crucial part in the adoption of automotive cybersecurity solutions across the global market. But there are other factors as well, like uh, when we talk about uh, 5G connected services or commercialization of connected vehicles with level three and above autonomy. So what impact will these factors have on the overall automotive cybersecurity market? Okay. Definitely when you have more connectivity as well as more autonomy in the vehicle, you also increase the, uh, the uh, impact of cyber attacks if they are um, uh, deployed or if they are being activated uh, for those vehicles. The, um, the, the, what, so, but practically, we did see a major delay in releases of uh, autonomous driving vehicles, level three and up, because of the slowdown, because of the COVID. And also, given that OEMs have realized that the market is much more attentive to electric vehicle versus to autonomous driving vehicle. And as such, so on one hand, definitely, the more autonomous the vehicle is, the more vulnerable it is to cyber attacks because of greater connectivity and greater impact of such attack. But with all you know, realism in mind, we do see EV as first and the uh, AV is a distant second in terms of urgency to address and uh, to deploy cybersecurity practices and products in the vehicle type. Um, all right, yeah, totally agree with you on that. And um, so when we talk about uh, the various automotive cybersecurity solutions that are being offered in the market, uh, so they are impacted or being affected by certain recent developments. So can you shed some light on these recent developments uh, which are having a significant impact on the automotive cybersecurity market? The most substantial development is the transition, even if it's gradual to software-defined vehicle. And uh, the reason that it's so fundamental is that first you are dealing with a new architecture. And that architecture is uh, based on ECU consolidation and condensing, condensing uh, functionalities into the same domain. 
That means that given that you have so many functions within a domain, you also have so many attack surfaces into that domain. And again, make it more vulnerable, as well as that if you hacked into the domain, then all of the other functionalities are now exposed to you. So that is something that is fundamental and requires a different set of, 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 of thoughts and solutions. The second thing is given that the industry is transforming itself to software-defined vehicle, even if it's gradual, then it means that you have a much greater pace of software release. And that means that you also want to gain some competitive advantage by making the vehicle a service platform, by enabling consumers to gain third-party applications to run on your vehicle platform. And speed is important there because you would like to show agility and you would like to exploit the business potential of the service platform in the hands of your consumers. Once we factor into that new architecture, cybersecurity, and specifically compliance with the new regulation, the biggest risk now is delays because the ability, most of the traditional cybersecurity methodologies were based on learning, were based on long implementation cycles. And we are seeing the need to uh, introduce the cybersecurity products and benefits, meaning services, in, in a way which is agile and fast in order not to delay the OEM's plans with regards or third-party plans with regards to releasing the next version of software while still meeting the regu regulatory requirements that are so harsh. And, and maybe, maybe I'll take it to a bottom line. And the bottom line is that there is, a, you asked me about trends and the trend is automation. Because if you do, if you are able to offer to your customers to automate their compliance in the different stages required, in essence, such automation means that you expedite the compliance process and you do not delay the software release cycle as well as the business effect that may be affected due mm -hmm. to such delays. Yeah. Okay. And uh, when we talk about this automotive cybersecurity uh, ecosystem, according to you, who are the key stakeholders in the supply chain? In the supply chain, you mean of the automotive cybersecurity products or in the vehicle type? In the automotive cybersecurity solution. Okay. So it's a good question because you do see a composition of service providers and product providers. Mm -hmm. Service providers are those that do penetration testing, those that do threat analysis and risk assessment, and uh, or even training. So you have, and all are required by the regulation. Product providers are those that have technologies that are implemented as part of the vehicle type or the ECU design in order to increase its security posture and to make it meet the homologation requirements. And also those that do the ongoing vulnerability management, which is also required as part of the continual security or chapter eight 
in the ISO standard, which is the backbone of the regulation. What we see, so the first answer is that you have a group of service providers and you have another group of product providers. Now, as you may know, in our industry of automotive, given that the, the OEMs and the tier one suppliers would prefer to have one-stop shop, to have a one-stop shop where a, a, a vendor, a partner, if you may, that they trust, that they have been working with and uh, doesn't need to learn the business and can meet them, streamline or enable them to streamline the cybersecurity and the compliance required. So the, the um, evolution of the market is to one-stop shop companies that offer both the products and the services in order to enable OEMs and suppliers work with their desired you know, partnership model and faster to, uh, compliance model. Yeah, that's right. Uh, totally agree with you on that. Uh, so uh, what we have seen over the past few years, the demand for connected vehicles is consistently on the rise. And uh, the higher the connectivity, the more the number of ECUs and more vulnerable, uh, vulnerable the hardware and software components are. So the uh, various players that are operating in the automotive cybersecurity market, they are working on different solutions. So the solutions that are provided by Karamba Security, uh, how are they different from their competitors? What is the USP of your product? Thank you. It's a good, uh, I, I obviously, um... Thank you for that question that enables us to talk not just about the industry, but also about Kalam. So the, the biggest challenge that we have identified was that cybersecurity is somewhat foreign to R&D and uh, has the impact of delays on the vehicle type and ECU and software releases as well. And if you add to it, add to it the, the fact that the teams, engineering teams, are not so much familiar with cybersecurity, then in essence, you're going into a clash of requirements and the lack of ability or limited ability to implement those requirements. Caramba's unique value proposition is comprised of two. One is technological and the other is business. Technolo technologically, our, all of our products rely heavily on binary analysis meaning that we do not interfere with R&D. You provide us firmware and we know what to do with it, meaning we know how to harden it. We know how to analyze from it the security posture of your suppliers and prioritize the issues that are automatically identified. We know to automatically um, tunnel or bundle vulnerabilities data and put them on top of your software bill of materials that we also generate automatically for prioritization. So all in all, the technological unique value proposition of Caramba is the ability to, re to analyze binaries and based on that, create the benefits for our customers to meet the various stages of cybersecurity required in the homologation process. That is the technological benefit. The business benefit, is that as we have realized that our customers are, would like to have a partner to escort them throughout the life cycle of product development and ongoing vulnerability management, we offer 
the services and the products as a one-stop shop. We do the threat analysis. We do the penetration testing. We take our findings and put them in a holistic um, repository. Based on it, we enrich our database. So, so the, the, the idea is that, and that database feeds into our products as well to analyze and identify issues and prioritize them and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. So the, U, the business UVP is that we offer both the, the products and the services. It enables customers to start small. They start with the gap analysis process, which takes a you know, um, couple of weeks. And based on it, we identify issues. It helps to, to provide them visibility, but also to create trust with our own ability to continually, continuously deliver and be their partner. So one thing leads to another. And based on those two foundations of unique value propositions, we have gotten to quite significant market traction. Thank you, David. Uh, thank you for walking us through the benefits that the automotive cybersecurity solutions offered by Karamba Security has to offer. Um, talking about the current market outlook, Mr. David, uh, if you talk about the global automotive cybersecurity market, um, Based on our uh, desk research, David, what we have found out that uh, Europe is the leading market at present. And over the coming years, uh, it is the China uh, that is going to have the maximum potential in terms of growth. So what are all your thoughts on that, Mr. David? I absolutely agree with you because it, actually your findings show what we're calling is follow the regulation. The EU was the first market to adopt UNR 155 and UNR 156 as regulations. And in essence, it created an, an, an effect on off EU OEMs that would like to compete within the EU market. And as such, we saw US companies also adopting cybersecurity because they cannot just uh, give up on the EU market. And we also saw China creating a draft of regulation, which is almost identical to the UNR 155. And uh, China is on its uh, uh, way to ratify that regulation as well. And the reason that we believe the Chinese government did it or is doing that is in order to make sure that its own inland OEMs would be able to compete globally and will not see cybersecurity as a bar barrier, regulation of cyber, as a barrier that they cannot overcome. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you that the EU is first. Practically, mm -hmm. I have to say that we're seeing a lot of uh, demand in the US and the China is third, as a matter of fact. But once the regulation is ratified in China, it's gonna flip. Uh, okay, David, uh, thank you. Thank you for your expert insights on automotive cybersecurity market. That will be all from uh, today's podcast session. Thank you for tuning in and listening to Deep Tech Talk, a tech podcast by BIS Research. In case you wish to know more about different industries, do visit our website at bisresearch.com and read through the different market intelligence studies that have been published by us across industries. If you enjoyed this episode, Please do follow us on Spotify and Amazon Music.